page 7 in the green book, we stand. Beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. Thou art mindful of him, 
circumcision and to be made subject to the law that we might be redeemed from the curse of the law we beseech thee grant us grace to become partakers of this redemption and thus obtain eternal salvation through the same thy beloved son Jesus Christ our Lord who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost one true God world without end The Old Testament reading for the circumcision of our Lord is from the 55th chapter of the book of Isaiah. Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread, and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me, and eat what is good, and let your soul delight itself in abundance. Incline your ear, and come to me. Hear, and your soul shall live, and I will take an everlasting, I will make an everlasting covenant with you, the sure mercies of David. Indeed, I have given him as a witness to the people, a leader and commander for the people, Surely you shall call a nation you do not know, and nations who do not know you shall run to you because of the Lord your God and the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the the heavens are higher than the earth, 
So are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down, and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the things for which I send it. For you shall go out with joy, and be led out with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing before you, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress tree, and instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree, and it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Here ends the reading. The epistle is from the third chapter of Galatians. But before faith came, we were kept under guard by the law, kept for the faith which would afterward be revealed. Therefore the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Here ends the epistle. Save us, O Lord God, and gather us from among the heathens. Please give thanks to God and to triumph in thy praise. Thou, o Lord, art our Father, our Redeemer. Thy name is The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the second chapter. And when eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. This is the Gospel of the Lord.
the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven, and was incarnate by the Holy Ghost of the Virgin Mary, and was made man, and was crucified also cross under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again, according to the Scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and stood upon the right hand of the Father, and he shall come again with glory, to judge both the quick and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeded from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spake by the prophets. And I believe one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead, and the life of the world to come.
sermon text is from Colossians chapter 2, verse 11 through 12. In him also you were circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. This is our text. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. On the eighth day from his birth, Jesus was circumcised according to the command that was given to Abraham in Genesis chapter 17. I read those words. And God said to Abraham, As for you, you shall keep my covenant, you and your offspring, after you throughout their generations. This is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and your offspring after you. Every male among you shall be circumcised. You shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. He who is eight days old among you shall be circumcised. Every male throughout your generations, whether born in your house or bought with your money from any foreigner who is not of your offspring, both he who is born in your house and he who is bought with your money shall surely be circumcised. And so shall my covenant be in your flesh, an everlasting covenant. Any uncircumcised male who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin shall be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. This is our text. Circumcision. It is the act of cutting off the flesh of the body and throwing it away. Circumcision teaches us the radical way in which we are to deal with our sin. We are not to obey our sinful desires. We are not to pamper our sinful weaknesses. We are not to live peaceably with our sin. We are to kill our sin, and we are to cut it off and throw it away. Jesus spoke this way when he, uh, in his teaching of Matthew 18, said this, Woe to the world for temptations to sin, for it is necessary that temptations come. But woe to the one by whom the temptations come. If your hand or your foot causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life crippled or lame than with two hands or two feet to be thrown into the eternal fire. And if your eye causes you to sin... Tear it out. Throw it away. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into the hell of fire. Now God told Abraham that if someone was not circumcised, they would be cut off from God's people. Here, Jesus tells us that the one who refuses to cut off the temptation to sin, that person will be thrown into the fire of hell, which is another way of saying, if you don't cut off the temptation to sin, you will be cut off from God's people. Cutting off a hand, tearing out an eye, 
radical as it is, is not nearly as radical as cutting off the foreskin. Let me explain. If God had told us to circumcise the tongue, we would understand that God was telling us that the source of our evil or our temptation was coming from our words. If God had told us to circumcise the hand, we would understand that God was telling us that our actions or our works of our hands were the source of our temptation. However, when God commands circumcision, and he uses a member whose purpose is to procreate, it is through that member that God brings about our very essence. He, he creates us. He makes our very being. Old Testament circumcision teaches us that we have a sinful nature. That's what it teaches. It is not our tongue or our hand or our eye that needs to be cut off. We need to go to that which is the source. It is due to our sinful nature that we need to be cut off completely. We have our temptations to sin down deep within us. If we're going to fight that temptation, oh, it would be pointless to lop off a foot or pluck out an eye. Circumcision teaches us that there needs to be something much more substantial to be done or we will be cut off from God's people. We have to deal with our sinful nature, who we are. But whenever Jesus was circumcised, he became like us in every way except for sin, except for a sinful nature. He didn't have one. I need to draw your attention that each and every Israelite was the product of a woman and a circumcised male. The circumcision was a reminder of original sin which needed to be cut off. But remember that whenever Jesus was conceived, there was no circumcised male used in the procreation of Jesus' flesh. Jesus was born of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and her sinfulness was covered over by the Holy Spirit so that, she was, so that he was immaculately conceived. That is, without sin, Jesus was completely without sin. So we must recognize Jesus didn't need to be circumcised. There was nothing within him that needed to be cut off. Nothing that would tempt him that we needed to get rid of. Jesus did not have a sinful nature which would tempt him. And so in this circumcision, Jesus sheds his blood so that he could take our punishment upon himself, what we deserve for our sin. In his death, we find that he was cut off from his people so that we might be grafted back in. As Jesus hung on the cross, shedding his blood for us, he said, why have you turned away from me, Heavenly Father? Why have you cut me off? That's what He was proclaiming. He wanted us to know that he was cut off so that we never would be. Like a scapegoat, Jesus took our sin and then was sent away outside the city walls. Like a scapegoat, he took our sin and was sent away. And so in connection with circumcision, we find, we find, well, 
Like Abraham and Sarah on that day, Genesis 17, their names were changed from Abram to Abraham, Sarai to Sarah. Each circumcision from, well, that point on, a child was given its name. In the shedding of its blood, Jesus, as eight days old, was given the name Jesus, one who saves. Each circumcision then, from 99-year-old Abraham to eight-day-old infant, was pointing forward to the Jesus who would fulfill that for us. Our sinful nature could not be adequately removed by the shedding of blood. No, we needed Jesus. He is indeed the blood-shedding Savior. And knowing that Jesus is the fulfillment of all Old Testament circumcision, it only makes sense that the covenant of circumcision, the Old Testament covenant of circumcision, it's no longer commanded. When Jesus fulfilled it, that was done. God used circumcision to teach us how he would deal with our sin in his son Jesus. And God cut off Jesus that we might not be cut off. So St. Paul, when he teaches about this, he spends quite a bit of time trying to show the people that circumcision was all about Jesus. Now, for the Judaizers who continued to require circumcision even after the fulfillment of Jesus, it's none other than just works righteousness. I mean, show me even one Old Testament person who was able to control their sinful nature and benefited from that ripping off of a little flesh. It did not. And St. Paul knew that. 1 Corinthians 7. For neither circumcision counts for anything, nor uncircumcision, but keeping the commands of God. So in the New Testament, God has given us a covenant, a new one. It's called Holy Baptism. If you thought that the Old Testament circumcision was radical, in baptism, no, it takes it even one step further. In circumcision, you only cut off the foreskin. In baptism, you drown the entire body until it dies. The only thing that baptism lacks is the shedding of blood. But that part is already completed by Jesus Christ. So St. Paul, as he's explaining, combines the Old Testament circumcision with the New Testament baptism when he speaks about this in Colossians chapter 2. He views circumcision to foretell a, a circumcision not made with hands. He calls it a putting off of the whole body. Yeah, he's talking about baptism. Listen to Colossians 2. In him, that would be in Christ, you also were circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. And having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead. So, this New Testament circumcision is, is not made with hands. It is God's doing, his removing sin from you. Whenever we have sinned, we return to our baptism, and there, by means of confession and absolution, the person who, well, has enough behind the new birth of holy baptism and 
has, has listened to their sinful nature, should be cut off. But no, there that sin is washed away. And they are renewed in their being a child of God, united with Christ. The person confesses their sins and receives the forgiveness. 1 John 1, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So Isaiah said, Listen to me, you who pursue righteousness, you who seek the Lord, for the Lord comforts Zion. He comforts all her waste places. In other words, Bring to me your waste places. Bring to me your sinful nature, your sinful thoughts, your sinful deeds. And our God has someone. His name is Jesus. He's designated as the one who saves. He is the Savior. In your baptism, you have received Jesus. You have received his circumcision, his death, his resurrection. You have received the name. The name Christian. Jesus was cut off in your place so that you will never be separated from the love of God. Confess your sins, cling to your forgiveness, and praise that most holy name of Jesus. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in faith in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Page 18 in your green book. Create in me, we stand. Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we thank Thee for all Thy goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of Thy dear Son, for the revelation of Thy will and grace, and we beseech Thee so to implant Thy word in us, that in good and honest hearts we may keep it and bring forth fruit by patient continuance in well-doing. Most heartily we beseech thee so to rule and govern thy church universal with all its pastors and ministers, that it may be preserved in the pure doctrine of thy saving word, whereby faith toward thee may be strengthened and charity increased in us toward all mankind. Grant also health and prosperity to all in authority, especially to the President and Congress of the United States, the Governor and Legislature of this commonwealth and to all our judges and magistrates, and to do them with grace to rule after thy good pleasure to the maintenance of righteousness and to the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. May it please thee also to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries 
that they may cease their enmity and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace. All who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, especially those who are in suffering for thy name and for thy true sake, comfort, O God, with thy Holy Spirit, that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of thy fatherly will. And although we have deserved thy righteous wrath and manifold punishments, yet we entreat thee, O most merciful Father, remember not the sins of our youth, nor our many transgressions, but out of thine unspeakable goodness, grace, and mercy, defend us from all harm and danger of body and soul. Preserve us from false and pernicious doctrine, from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from all calamity by fire and water, from hail and tempest, from failure of harvest and from famine, from anguish of heart and despair of thy mercy, and from an evil death. And in every time of trouble show thyself a very present help, the Savior of all men, and especially of them that believe. Cause also the needful fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season, give success to the Christian training of the young, to all lawful occupations, and to all pure arts and useful knowledge, and crown them with thy blessings. Bless our Bishop James, our pastors Michael and Gary, those of the armed forces, especially Jason and Blake, our police officers, especially Daniel and Alex, our shut-ins, Carolyn and Patty, our elderly, Violet and Tom, those who are pregnant, Susan, be with our students, Tom and Kara, Jonathan, Sarah, Sadie and Alexis. Oh Lord, provide for the needs of Kevin, Levi, Larry and Deb, Christina, Jim and Charlotte, Denise, Melanie, Hal and Carolyn. We give thanks to you for the new birth of Louisa Ruth. We ask that you would keep her safe until her baptismal washing and continue to provide recovery for Christina. We give thanks to you for uh, successful surgeries for Patty and Anita, and we ask for continual uh, uh, recovery and a restoration that they might return to your house and give thanks for their blessings. These and whatsoever other things thou wouldest have us ask of thee, O God, vouchsafe unto us for the sake of the bitter sufferings and death of Jesus Christ, thine only Son, our Lord and Savior, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. We'll receive the offerings and then sing hymn 240.
we come up us diligently to examine ourselves as St. Paul exhorted us. For this holy sacrament hath been instituted for the special comfort and strengthening of those who humbly confess their sins and who hunger and thirst after righteousness. But if we thus examine ourselves, we shall find nothing in us but only sin and death, from which we can in no wise set ourselves free. Therefore, our Lord Jesus Christ hath had mercy upon us and hath taken upon himself our nature, that so he might fulfill for us the whole will and law of God, and for us and for our deliverance suffer death, and all that we by our sins have deserved. And to the end, that we should the more confidently believe this and be strengthened by our faith in a cheerful obedience to his holy will, he hath instituted the holy sacrament of his supper, in which he feedeth us with his body and giveth us to drink of his blood. Therefore, whoso eateth of this bread and drinketh of this cup, firmly believing the words of Christ, dwelleth in Christ, and Christ in him, and hath eternal life. We should also do this in remembrance of him, showing his death, that he was delivered for our offenses and raised again for our justification, and rendering under him most hearty thanks for the same, take up our cross and follow him. And according to his commandment, love one another, even as he hath loved us. For we are all one bread and one body, even as we are all partakers of this one bread and drink of this one cup.
heaven and earth, we praise and thank you for having had mercy on those whom you created, sending your only begotten Son into our flesh to bear our sin and be our Savior. With repentant joy, we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and his blood on the cross. Gathered in the name and the remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, O Lord, to forgive, renew, and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood, as he bids us do in his own testament. Hear us as we pray in his name and as he has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses. As we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Thank you. 
God, the Father, the fountain and source of all goodness, who in loving kindness sent your only begotten Son into the flesh, we thank you that for his sake you have given us pardon and peace in this sacrament. We ask you not to forsake your children, but always to rule our hearts and minds by your Holy Spirit, that we may be enabled to serve you constantly. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Upon you and give you peace.